Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Contact the team now to help make your home more energy efficient. Let's go! Thanks, Rebecca, for the news. This is Paul Cooney, live from the Go Radio studios in Glasgow, in the Gorbals. We're with Global Eco Energy. And with us, two big names from the world of football, the former Scotland and Celtic star, Peter Grant. Evening, Peter. Good evening, Paul. Nice to be here. Great to see you and hear you. And Stephen McGinn, captain of Falkirk, getting back to fitness. Back soon, Stephen? Yeah, hopefully. Um, hi, Paul. Um, looking forward to getting back out there. Um, nice to have that conversation with the manager, speaking about getting back in the next few weeks. So, really looking forward to being back out there. This is uncharted territory, isn't it? We've never gone into those games, you know, two internationals in a tournament where we didn't actually need anything. We wanted something. <laughs> uh, Peter, what do you think about it? 3-3 the other night with Norway. But we're going, and you could... But what, what way do you want to look at it? People are saying, oh, five games without a win or whatever, but what do you feel? What you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve is get to Germany. You've done that, and that gives you that breathing space to do that. Listen, it doesn't matter what game you're going to It's great going into the last two games knowing that you were already through, that's for sure, because they were always going to be difficult games. There is absolutely no doubt of that. And any international level, I know myself, any international game is so difficult mm. because... People don't realise how many players are spread throughout European games. It's all playing for these so-called nations you've never heard of. You know, and that's the problem now for Albania going through. And you see that now, where a couple of years back, we played Albania and people are sort of laughing at them. Now all of a sudden have qualified. They've got players playing in the biggest leagues. And that's so important. And I think people don't realise it when Scotland are coming up against that all the time. And look at England last night. People thought it would be, what, 2-3-4-0. It wasn't the case. It was a draw. No, it's not easy, and I think with that, that bit when you've already qualified, it's tough when the, these teams are going out with um, playing for their country and uh, so competitive, and the edges come off it a little bit, maybe missing a few. The man managers maybe made a few changes, so none of these games are easy, and uh, as the last four days have proved. Your dad get back okay from Georgia, back in time for the game at Hamden. And what about John McGinn? You must be so proud. Another goal at the weekend, eighteen now, on a par with. Kenny Miller, Kenny Miller and just one behind Ali McCoist Nah amazing um, you, as I said I've spoke about before it's, it's, you look at the names in the list and you're thinking these are Scotland greats um, and he's just slowly and steadily over, overtaking some of them um, didn't re really didn't enjoy the penalty the other night got to say <laughs> was it a penalty? <laughs> I mean I've, I've, I've yeah. taken penalties and honestly it's no, you don't get as nervous as watching your brother hit a penalty. <laughs> I remember being in the playoffs um, with St Mirren against Dundee United when Paul stepped up and Paul was an excellent penalty taker mm -hmm. for us uh, that season. He was so confident, so comfortable hitting him but I remember just thinking, don't be Paul at misses. I mean, <laughs> uh, and, 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 he, and he tucks it away, John oh, tucked it away yeah. the other night. So, um, but as, as Peter probably proves what he says watching mm -hmm. his sons, it's, it's a horrible feeling. Sure, for sure. That's You don't want it to be anybody. And that's why you're yeah. saying, I'd rather be a last minute goal against than get into penalty kicks for anybody I was beating penalty kicks for Aberdeen if you remember in the cup final 9-8 and people remember Big Anton yeah. missing the penalty and it was a great penalty but it was a fantastic save you know sometimes you can't do anything other than it was right in the corner and Theo Schnelders, Schnelders. Made, made a fantastic save 
Peter, what are you thinking about the other night? We certainly have got resilience, haven't we? We weren't brilliant. We got the early goal against us, but then we, we fight back, go 1-1. We went back uh, behind again and then 2-2, two, two, then 3-2 ahead. You never know what's going to happen at Scotland, but something has changed, hasn't it? Because we, we didn't lose either of those games. Yeah, I think it's important, but I think you're also, Stevie will take things from that he thinks has worked mm. and not worked. You know, he's yeah. probably clearer on bad an injury he's probably clearer on his squad now right now I think if you said to him in his head and he was thinking oh maybe I've not made the right all of the, the decisions I'm sure there's, there's only maybe about three positions you would probably say is up for grabs and they're respecting that and that's in the squad because you'd probably know the starting guys yeah. but probably three guys in the squad because if you're taking three goalkeepers you know you've got ten outfield players to come as part for the ten at starting and I think that's going to be cut down and I think that's probably been cut down over the last few games if there is no injuries. Peter, you spent 25 years or so in England in coaching. Yep. What's the word? Are we going to get Harvey Barnes? I don't think Harvey Elliott's coming or Anthony Gordon. To land one of those two, let's say, would be they would walk into the squad, wouldn't they? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, both of them you mentioned, uh, forget yeah. Elliott, yeah. but for the other two boys, would absolutely, they'd be starters. And I know it sounds credible, but that they're that good. They'd be starters for you. They give you a goal threat. They're exciting. They take people on. They run at people, you know. Um, the only problem you'd probably have, both of them are probably good in the same position. Yeah. You know, that's the, the, the only thing you would say is a negative, but they're two fantastic players and obviously they would strengthen the squad. And I think you see that with other nations. You know, other nations use it to their advantage, so why shouldn't Scotland? One of our biggest ones has been Scott McTominay. Let's not kid ourselves, you know as we talked about Big Alec going down to see him and yeah. whatever to try and get him here but great credit to him he was so desperate to come and he's reaping his rewards for it now because now he's a hero of the uh, Scotland supporters also Was he man of the tournament for you? You know the qualifying stage from a Scotland point of view I'm just throwing this one at you yeah, I know there's, yeah, there's a I, few I, names in there Listeners yeah. you can talk about John you yep. can talk about uh, Scott but I think the biggest thing the group's got to be mentioned on is their squad, their togetherness. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. You've managed to keep them all fit. More importantly, near enough, everybody's playing. And I've always said that if you've got guys that's coming to the international, there was too many times we were turning up and guys were subs for yep. consistently for four and five weeks and then you're bringing them in because they were still your best players but they had no games in their legs and then you're asking them to go into an international and people don't realise how difficult that is. If you're a boy coming back for injury hadn't been playing for five weeks, you'd be given a wee bit of leeway. But here, people just look at you're selected in the national team, you should be fit to play, and if you're not, and don't look at the fact that you've not played for five games previous. So that's the positives. They're all the positives for it. And long may that continue because you have to go with your best players available. And God willing, we get there and everybody's available. And it gives you the headache in not being saying, well, sure. I need to take this one because he's not available. That's what you don't want. You want everybody available and no injuries to these boys because they've all worked so hard to get there and there'll be some disappointment and I yeah. think some of the big players it's done exceptionally well been in the squads all the time I'll end up missing out and that's the unfortunate part of it yeah, yeah yeah if there's no injuries I have to anyway Paul. Of course, I, no sure but I know I think 23 that, players yeah yeah you know yeah. And he's, got, he's got a lot yeah. of boys who don't deserve to be left out but will be left out because there's only 23 but it's 20 if you're talking about outfield players and someone you knew really well you were really close to one of your best friends and no longer with us now and he missed out in the 82 World Cup and he was he had the suit and everything uh, can you tell me about the suit he's, yeah. he, I think he's got the suit still and, and I think that was his killer because I think they asked for the suit back off him we're talking Tommy <laughs> Burns for the younger <laughs> listeners honestly you know? he played such a part in the qualification yeah, I think, he played, at, I think yeah. he played at Wembley if I'm right and it was after the final whistle went to Wembley he was told he wasn't going and like, listen that, they're the difference and that's what a similar situation here that shows you the quality that Tommy had and never went because his performances deserved it. But 
there's still fantastic squad of players there as well it did go and that's going to happen this time God willing that everybody's fully fit I think, that, I think the fitness going into it is really important you know we, we obviously lost Kieran Tierney going into the last tournament and I know Steve Clark, like every good manager he, he talks up his squad he speaks about Kenny McLean scoring in Norway he speaks about Stuart Armstrong crossing for, for Lauren Shanklin but in the grand scheme of things um, I don't think if Angus Gunn's fit if Kieran Tierney's fit if Andy Robertson's fit if Aaron Hickey's fit we lose five goals in the last two games. Um, very strange for a Steve Clark team to lose that many goals in two games, and I, I do think there's a there's a drop off. Um, but do you know that goes back to Stephen the fact that the question we got every single time when we turned up with the national team, which I couldn't believe. What was it? The back three, and the back three suits Scotland one end because I'm not being I'm being brutally honest. We don't have two centre halves that are good enough to defend on their own on the counter-attack now, nowadays. We can have pace because Scott McKenna and Jack Henry are very quick, you know. So it's not about that. It's quality player you're playing against in that final pass, you know, and everybody wants to push up, whatever. But I just think with the back three, you can allow Andy Roberts to do what he does best, get forward because he's not the greatest defender. Tierney can do both. He can play left back and be a really good defender. We can play left centre back and be give that extra attack with a natural left-hand side as well. But Big McKenna's not letting him down. Henry's not letting him down. Portis has not letting him down. None of these guys have let him down. But I just genuinely think it allows the rest of the team to breathe the fact that they've got the three at the back and allows them that. And it allows you that extra midfield player to go and run forward and support the front. Anyone worried that Jack Henry is playing in Saudi? I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but, you know, that league is not... People are, at the moment, it's not... Maybe league the league's not proven. Yeah. The, the one thing I, I would say in his favour is the money's been spent at the top end of the pitches mm-hmm. that he's playing against. Yeah. So he's playing against Mane. He's playing Sorry. against Mitrovic. Yeah. He's playing against Ronaldo. <laughs> He's playing against all these Benzema. No big names. Yeah, no, but you see what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. So the one thing is, I'd be questioning if he was a midfield player. Mm-hmm. I'd be questioning, you know, that respect, if he was a striker scoring so many goals because I've not really spent a lot on midfield. No. Well, they have midfielders and attackers, but not centre-backs, really. There's only one or two of the teams that have done that. So I'm not that concerned because I've seen him getting a doing off Mitrovic, by the way. Mitrovic scored yeah. two against him and he battered them all over the pitch. In Saudi? Yeah, mm-hmm. but then I've seen him playing really well and other games against top quality right. players as well so that side of it he gets the benefit of that he's still playing against top strikers great insight I like it was that a daft question Stephen or have you no, thought of that no, maybe? Um, yeah. when, when the team came out for the Georgia game it's my first thought I'm thinking it's probably yeah. not much in terms of Scotland performances between mm-hmm. your Portis, McKenna Hendry yeah. does it come down to the competitive competitiveness of the league um, the game of Georgia we've seen it was so physical the other night obviously Portis playing every week in the Championship, McKenna and the English Premiership. Yeah. I think if it's as close, if the, if the margins, if everyone's fit, can down to I think playing in Saudi might cost him a starting place for, for the Euros, in, in my opinion. What do you think? If you were there, give us a call. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. It's, uh, it's not in the distance just yet, but it, then we'll get a few days off for, <laughs> as the manager himself said, in fact, he was asked what's he going to do next and uh, he said he'll just think about things and think about the future. Um, he was asked about uh, your brother who scored the other night, scored the penalty. What did he want to say about John McGinn, who'd gone on to the 18 goals? Yeah, he's been great for been great for the team, great for me since I became head coach. John's been one of the key players that we've sort of built our success around, so delighted for him getting another goal tonight. And a great assist for the Stuart Armstrong goal. Was indeed. On the game itself? Uh, strange game. I thought we were a yard off at first half, much better second half. Strange game. Need to go away and analyse it. <laughs> Wanted a few days, didn't want to watch it for a wee while. Um... Probably wasn't that pleased with it, 
was he? The first half performance. No, but we keep saying, Paul, the big, big thing we've got to get better is with the ball. Yeah. You, you as I say, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you lose five goals, you're not having a lot of the ball in the respect to that, or you're giving the ball away in bad areas of the pitch to open you up. And I must admit, I thought the little fella Bob and the right back who plays at Dortmund were excellent yeah. in that first period, and they were overloading that side of the pitch very well. And you're playing against good players, mm. and people will say that's probably a second string Norway team. Mm. But listen, it doesn't matter. We were already there. You know, the thing is, what we want is everybody fit. And I keep going back to that. There'll be things you'll, you'll pick on. I keep going back to the fact that the back three, because it gives you bigger spaces, you know, if you're trying to get forward, all these things. But I look at the like saying, we're talking about Jack Henry and that. Jack's good on the ball, uses the ball very well, but that allows you an extra man in midfield to use that then. You know, you can play two up front, which I'm surprised that Steve maybe didn't try and go with two strikers at a period, and he was trying everything else. He was trying a back four. But you could go with two strikers. It'd have been interesting to see putting Shanklin on way Inez no Inez but um, with Dykes um, Dykes yeah. and just say right let's see because I think Lorne's playing the deeper one at Hearts at times has improved at that you know I wouldn't have said that before maybe three or four years ago but now I think he's really improved at that and I think let's see two strikers up there and play with a three and let's see if we get crosses in because you're going to have to do that because a lot of the teams defend the middle of the pitch so we maybe need to use our strengths with Andy Robertson going down the side of the pitch for crosses. A yep. Patterson or Hickey or whatever going down the side and getting crosses in. So you can't actually get through the middle of them, but it allows you to have two strikers in. And your most natural finisher for me, I said last week, is Lauren Shanklin. You did indeed. And of course he scored a, a It was a great goal to get, wasn't it? Because otherwise it would have been so so many defeats on the bounce. Stephen, what are you thinking? Yeah, big goal. I, I, I agree with Peter. I, I don't know. I mean, I, f I fully expect if Lyndon Dykes didn't play against Norway that Lauren Shanklin would come in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Steve Clark maybe doesn't see him as able to play that lone striker role. If his part to play moving forward for Scotland is mm. maybe chasing a goal and being brought on. Um, he would or, have been disappointed probably, wouldn't he? I, th I, think, I yeah. think you would be, yeah. If you've scored, um, last gasp equaliser, you find out Lyndon Dykes isn't playing. Mm. I think automatically you, you expect to play and and then he, he plays so little time on the night Would Hamden. he have told Jacob Brown in advance I'm going to play you You're going to get a game from the start Or would it not work that way You have to wait to see what happens on the Thursday I'm not, I, I don't know how Steve Clark's mind works um, I don't know if maybe Thinking going into these two games They are playing for nothing As much as the individual games You really want yeah. to win them But I, I really want to look at him What's the game I'll really get to look at him most in And maybe the home game against Norway But just in terms of the individual players, uh, Lon Shankland, he's been with the squad a long time, he's not played a lot of minutes, so I, I just think the, the nature of it, when he scored against Georgia, um, his form at the minute yeah. for Hearts. Mm -hmm. Do you know Jacob Brown? I, I've, I, I've not really seen Jacob playing, yeah. so I'm being a wee bit disrespectful, but the one thing looking at the game the other night there, I would never say he's a number nine in his own. No. You know, I say he's busy enough, he's quick mm -hmm. enough, he's sharp enough, but I'd never say he's a number nine when I'm looking at that game last night if I was scouting the game. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking, Lauren Shanklin's on a high, he scored a goal. And if you're going on, and Steve actually said it after the game, if we needed a goal any time, Lauren Shanklin, out of all the strikers, probably is the most natural finisher. So for not to play him, you know, and that's what I'm saying, so the decisions have been made, or has he made that decision? Yeah. Right, there's Jacob Brown getting that chance. If there's no injuries, Jacob, sorry, I know you've been in all the squads, but you're not going to be part of it. Lauren's... You stay fit, you yeah. keep scoring goals, you're going to be in it. Maybe that. And that may well be the, yeah, the message. Yeah, yeah and, and that's, but at the end yeah. of the day, Paul, I keep going back to that, and it's all right turning up. I'd have turned up every week mm -hmm. to play for Scotland, or every time they were going to. 
But at the end of the day, even if I wasn't selected to play, I wanted to turn up all the time. You know, but I wouldn't even wanted to select it to go just because I turned up of all course, the time. Sure. I'd be thinking, I want to have a chance to play. Of course. And I don't know if that is the case, you know, with some of them. I'm not sure that is the case because Cooper didn't play any minutes. No. He's been in every mm -hmm. trip. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's all these guys, sure. you know, and you bring Lewis Ferguson and it's mm -hmm. the same midfield. We know mm -hmm. what that mid. Of course. If no injuries, sure. we know who our midfield is. Do you think he would start? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And I, I just think we know who our three is going to be. God willing, the team is going to be yeah, fit. Sure. We know who that's going to be. Lewis Ferguson can play the positions of that, mm -hmm. but John does, going and supporting yeah. the front. Mm -hmm. He can play as a three if they're balanced with Callum sitting in, mm -hmm. if it was McTominay and Ferguson, sure. you know, or McTominay's out, like, try Kenny McLean there. He's and in such good form. He's playing Serie A, so we know what the others can do. Yeah. Why didn't he put him in from no, the but beginning? but that's what I'm saying. I know, so I'm just thinking, well, if yeah. you're going to give them an opportunity, yeah. because... The next time you're going to get them, yeah. is it two friendly matches maybe yeah. prior to that? But you've got the, the tournament, I've got to see the tournament. Because if he's not going to play the next two games because John and that's all going to play getting into the tournament, yeah. because that's the other thing people look at, you're going to play your strongest team before we qualify. That's it because you're trying to get a <laughs> You're just trying momentum. to get momentum. Stephen? See, I, the Ferguson one was why I was sure that he's just played Jacob Brown just on the... He felt like he was the best option on the night in terms of maybe not having Dykes. Dykes didn't play his best in Georgia sure, yeah. and I'm thinking maybe he just doesn't see Lon Shankland in that type That's of role you maybe you're at home to uh, no disrespect to San Marino and Estonia I'm sure Lon Shankland would, would be asked to play in terms of chances but does he does he see something in Jacob Brown to lead the line the way Lyndon Dykes does he's a wee bit more from the manager after we drew 3-3 yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's always it's always nice to qualify for a major tournament. Obviously, the last one was a little bit COVID restricted, so you we didn't have that. We we missed that sort of that connection, that feel with the fans. So it's it's, it's nice. Like I said, it's it's great for everyone in the country that we've we've got something to look forward to next summer. And that was obviously nice about the qualification, not the score line in the night. I don't think he was that. I mean, he obviously, what three minutes to go plus stoppage, and we were three two up. So it's always difficult. What did he say to the players afterwards? Are you going to tell us, Stephen? No, we'll ask the manager. Stay fit, play well for the clubs. That's about it, really. Cross the fingers. <laughs> he was short and sharp, wasn't he? Stay fit, stay well. Cross your fingers. No, but it's yeah. a special night. I mean, I remember. I think. I think it was Latvia when at Celtic Park. Um, was that the qualification okay. for ninety eight? And, and it was a it was a kid, obviously ten year old. And I remember it being quite a special thing. You're you're almost. It's a long time to the go, but you're almost waving them off. Thanks for a qualification sure. campaign. We're off to another tournament, and it's been a long time since since it's happened. Obviously, the last one being in Serbia, a home one where we. we qualifying and um, it was a significant night for the players and I think they had a good night after it In the midst of time back in 78 there were I don't know was it 35,000 people at Hamden on the Friday night to wave the team they went round the pitch as if we'd won the World Cup and then the bus took them down to Presswick Airport <laughs> Presswick International Airport now Glasgow Presswick <laughs> and they went off to Buenos Aires off to the World Cup Peter you were just uh, a boy was, at that time What are you yeah. going to do when you come back? Yeah <laughs> <To> Retain it <laughs> <laughs> That's what, is that what Alan McLeod said <laughs> Amazing though. Uh, I'll tell you what. That belief. Uh, but yeah. he had that belief in people yeah. in the stadium. And we got around the bus. It's the only team that's ever done the lap on. I wonder I how the players felt because of what a group of players yeah. that was. Oh, you absolutely. know, superstars. Yeah, yeah. yeah top quality players. And did we not have the goal of the tournament? Oh, Archie Gemmel. But yeah. even if you think of the tournament, yeah. you know, some Scotland up. We're going front against Holland. We're near enough getting through yeah. that. Yeah. Against Holland, Archie's goal and whatever, mm. you know. And for the. Kubilas is outside of the boot free kick mm, but, we, we, but yeah again mm. I go back to that yeah. he was a world class player 
but we had, because it was Peru, yeah. you know, the shot was probably Iran, obviously, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know but the Peru but, game, the South American, they played like South American. Did we not do it in 1990 as well in Italy? Was it Costa Rica we're playing? Costa Rica, yes. And uh, Andy Roxburgh says, and Ali, you're number nine up front or whatever, and Ali McCoy goes to get the jersey, top scorer. He meant Alan McAnally, who was a good you know, striker as well at uh, Bayern, but Ali was on fire. And then... Absolutely. The rest was history. Then beat Sweden, did we beat Sweden? Yeah. Or was it a draw? Was it a draw? I can't remember. I commentated it. I think we did. Or did we win 1-0? Or did we win 1-0? I can't remember. 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 He'll be saying, I want all my top players available. Because that is all you look for going into any tournaments or any big games. All your top players available and fit. Because that is the saving grace for you. Because it's the players that will win you the matches and the what got them there. We've managed to get through most of it. I don't think without any series. Kieran was probably, and only Andy Robertson once it was obviously done and dusted. Apart from that, I think everybody else is near enough yeah. and available. It was 2-1. Uh, against Sweden so we did win that yeah, that night because yeah. I remember they closed all the bars afterwards so the Scots couldn't get uh, a refreshment <laughs> afterwards and Stuart McCall he played in all three of the games and he scored his only international goal that 2-1 win over Sweden I remember doing uh, I just can't night. imagine in yeah. the modern era a manager going out to say we're going to win the World Cup yeah. and with social media and modern football I know, I know. not qualifying yeah. from the group <laughs> you get crucified oh, but it was probably sure. the way you said it but when he said that just retain it <laughs> it was a great line wasn't it Oh wait, oh wait, 17, 17, 700 more in Scotland and also maybe on your team as we head back to the SPFL this weekend The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products Let's go Go Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney, Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain and footballing legend Peter Grant is with us here tonight. Peter, the pointer they sometimes called you, Absolutely. you said it what last you week. sometimes? Well, somebody came on actually and asked there. <laughs> that was all the time. Callum was asking why was that without a history lesson, but that was because you were a midfield general. I kept pointing everywhere but didn't realise because there was no television yeah. in the days, but oh, I'd, I'd even be facing the wrong way and I'd be pointing, <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, I was good at organising, that's what was probably, that was my strength, Paul. Certainly were more than that, uh, Peter Grant. But that was Callum who was on there. And he also wanted to ask a couple of questions, which we may get in in the next couple of hours. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Stephen, how much are you looking forward to the SPFL getting back in action at the weekend? It's different now, isn't it? And the international uh, breaks, we've all got a huge interest in it, not least for you with your brother, uh, John. But you do miss the league action and, and the battle at the top, the bottom, uh, and yeah, all I mean, you, yeah. you get, You're spoiled these days with the amount of football, whether it's football fans, the amount of football on, on television, or that just it's just on every night. And then you get to these breaks, and, and the night of the Scotland Games, the day of the Scotland Games, and potentially the day after in terms of the fallout, yeah. win, lose, or draw, are great. But it's just that the bits in between. <laughs> the, you're a bit lost. You're, you're flicking through the television thinking, what's on? <laughs> what would they watch? So it's, it's great to be close to getting them back. It's been very quiet from Rangers, from Celtic. I guess, Peter, tonight you're watching for Luis Palma to see if he plays for Honduras. They're playing against Mexico tonight, but he's got a shoulder problem. Yeah, that'd be a blow because he's been outstanding, Paul. I mean, I think since the Motherwell game, really, prior to that, he'd done well. But I think the Motherwell game was the one that let him up, you know what I mean? And I was surprised he never started the European game in the midweek, actually, straight after it. He never started that one. But then after that, he's been in. 
and he's been exciting mm-hmm. as I said to you he puts the ball in the box he has efforts on goal he scored a couple of fantastic goals but he puts in an area you know if you're a striker you know you're not passing it square all the time and I think that's important it's, especially nowadays obviously they're playing on the opposite side with their right foot and the left sit hand side and vice versa and you don't get as many crosses to put defenders under pressure and I think he does it exceptionally well he puts the one defensible ones in that if you miss it it's a possibility in the back of the net you know but also it's brilliant for the likes of Kyogo because they know they can make that run nine times out of ten he's going to deliver instead of passing square Stephen how would you fancy being up against him I know you'd love well, it to be back in the Premiership he's, but he's more of a when you think of the Brendan Rodgers first spell team and you think of Scott Sinclair yeah. and Paddy Roberts and the inverted wingers and coming in and you'd be one-on-one against a full-back and they'd cut in and they get their shots away. He's more suited, I think, to Brendan Rodgers. I think it's been noticeable. I thought that against Aberdeen, the full-backs under Ange Postacoglu had a lot of control in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously worked well, but a lot of it was getting... But it's now, you look, they're getting to the wingers quicker. And all of a sudden, I felt in the Aberdeen game, I thought the two wingers were outstanding. Palma, um, obviously cutting in, he goes on to his left for the first goal. But I thought it was the first time I've looked at Yang and thought, oh, you've got a real chance. Um, obviously been in uh, under Brendan Rodgers coaching for a wee while now. Be more clear of what he's looking for. And I thought he started to look like a real player last Sunday. He looks sharper, Stephen. That's what he does. Because I, I was a bit concerned, I must admit, but even he played on the left-hand side, he could never really get away from anyone. He had the skill to leave him but then he would always get caught and I just thought he wasn't getting away from anyone I think the right hand side he's looking sharper now whether that's been the length of time he's been in as you say and that, that gives you that wee bit the wee bit more game time helps him as well you know and listen Celtic have been built on wingers for history yeah, sure. you know yeah. they've got to have top players Man. to create and whatever and they've got these types of guys you know and it's going to be interesting moving forward to, especially when it comes to we call it the big games every game is a big game but when you call them the big games who's going to be the selection boys because these guys are these are the match winners at this moment because most teams as I say defend that central area and most of the ball and Stephen touched on it getting the ball to the wingers we were always told that get the ball into midfield get it wide and get crosses in the box for the strikers to score goals because that's what you'll do See I thought, I thought in the early days your Palmas your Yangs I think it catches them by surprise but just how much attacking you need to do against a full back yeah. They'll obviously have played at a good level against good teams, but not so much almost attack v defence. And all of a sudden you're getting into these, you're at Celtic Park and you've cut in your right twice in a row and you did a shot. Then you cut in your left, then 30 seconds let's back out to you, cut in your right. And all, and it's like consistently uh, winger versus defender. And I think it's taken a, a wee bit of getting used to. I, I know Brendan Rodgers spoke about sometimes they'd go by but look great, then other times you turn over the ball. There's certain kind of disciplines and rules within it in terms of you're always attacking, but can't be can't just be you get a shot away or you lose it so I think it's it's good coaching and, and a bit of getting used to being a Celtic winger good insight as well I never thought of that it's true it's so different isn't it if you come to Celtic or Rangers then you're going to be pressing you know virtually all the time in the domestic well, well, football well it's like we used to say Paul yeah. it was like training you know you used to yeah. play defence versus attack mm. all the time and you used to think it was hard to, to break the so you could put 10 bins in front of you and find yeah. it difficult but now you have to get that because but it's constant and as Stephen's right Sometimes having a lot of the balls tiring as well. Yeah. You know, sure. and especially if you're a wide player and you're expected to beat one and mm. ones, you're supposed to get shots on target, you're yeah. supposed to be creative, but it's constant and that's what you've got to do. Saudi Pro League bosses have spoken to Al Etihad about why they've axed Jota 
So we're talking about Palmer and Yang. So why is he not in the squad? And they've warned they could face, quotes, legal and financial consequences for their actions. It's a strange story, isn't it? I don't have the insight on it. We don't know. But well, I thought it was them that owned the four clubs anyway. Yeah. It, I thought it, they, they were the ones that said it's all right for all these clubs mm -hmm. to sign them. The bottom line is they brought in a defender. You know, yep. and, and that taking them over the, the threshold, which was always, if you go back all the years when it was three in Italy and all that. It's sort such of, a waste though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a waste for yeah. him. And listen, the boy could not knock it back. Mm. Celtic could not knock it back. There is absolutely no doubt sure. about that. It's not his fault the way no. it's ended up. And I don't think he expected it to be that. And listen, I don't think he's let himself down when he's had the opportunity, you know. But it's very, very difficult when you're in the spotlight all the time and people think you're not good enough for the league side but you can play in the odd cup competition. That doesn't give you much a chance, does it? You just have a quiet 10 minutes and everybody's saying you're rubbish, you know? As it's, 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 Peter said, it's a shame. You think a guy that, young guy, scoring in the Champions League, scoring against Rangers, it's like I almost turning into a bit of God for Celtic fans in terms of the way he embraced everything, the city, drank the brazen head. To, <laughs> Had uh, his own song as well, didn't uh, every, so. Just everything and then you just, because, not that you want to lose a player, but it'd been great to see him go to a top league in Europe and really kick on and you say, oh, his career was, I mean, a huge promise at Benfica. Yeah. Wasn't really happening at Valladolid. Came to Celtic, really bought into everything. Was a huge player for Celtic. Now he's looking at him now, almost like Van, Van Dijk. There's a, as a kind of Celtic fans kind of sit back and say, "No, we we helped, we got him going, and a pride." You're looking at Jota and you think it's so sad. It's so I mean, apart from the finance side of it, it's just such a waste. Well, I was looking at that yesterday, Paul. I was telling you, it gave you a rundown of the wages, mm -hmm. and there were some guys on seven hundred and and three and a half million pound a week. Oh my goodness! What's Jordan Henderson's here around seven hundred? Seven hundred. I think it was six, yeah. six eight or something like that. Mad. But I think Benzema and Ronaldo was like three and a half million I mean, pound it's, it's a week. Agreed. I mean, I'm not blaming the players. No, but that's what I'm saying. So yeah. how, how can the boy sure. knock it back? You know, and it, he yeah. he never thought this was going to be the circumstance. Sure. But then, listen, the, the manager paid the price. The manager's out. Yeah, sure. he's out. He made the decision. He's yeah. out. So that makes it even more difficult. And they're you playing know. in front of eight, six, seven, eight hundred people. It's unbelievable. Um, former Rangers coach Cherry Bowley, I think yeah. you know him, Welshman, he believes Tom Lawrence could have been the difference for Giovanni Van Bronckhurst just over a year ago, but he feels sure that fit again, he can make a major impact at Rangers. Would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. I did. I said it at the time. Yeah, I, was, I, I thought he was a big blow for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's a quality player. I've seen a lot of him in England, and I thought he was a quality player. I thought he had that confidence about that wee bit of arrogance. Mm -hmm. You know, and listen, when he was at Derby, Derby, a big supported club as well, you know, so there was a pressure that goes along with playing with these clubs. Well, they should be top flight. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? So sure. the pressure that goes with these clubs, mm -hmm. and they had a lot, a lot of ups and downs during that period, but he's he's a top quality player, I thought. And it was just injuries, yet again, we talk about that, the run of injuries, unfortunately for him. But I definitely think he's got the qualities, you know, to be a top quality player. If he comes back to the levels, because we don't know what the injury was, but it seems to have been a long time now. You know, but listen, we said that about Hadji. Hadji yeah, scores the other sure. night there. But we yeah. said that all these guys, but I just felt there was a lot of players bought for the positions, Paul. Yeah. So if you take Hadji, you take Lawrence, you take Cantwell, you take Lammers, you take all these boys now, they're all sort of in that area of the pitch where you're going to affect, but you can only play so many of them. And that's what I think they've done with the strikers as well. So I just feel that's the problem you've got. But I, there's absolutely no doubt about Lawrence's quality. Rangers fans like him, value him, just don't see enough of him. You agree? You can see what they see in Tom Lawrence. Yeah, I'm very intrigued to to kind of follow the the battle for the number ten shot. Mm. Um, I mean, thinking Michael Beale, obviously uh, Todd Cantwell was his man. Yeah. Um, and you start thinking, well, I wonder if this new manager fancies Cantwell. Been in and out of the team, uh, came off at half time, obviously. Um, 
future one is this a, a chance for Tom Lawrence to really grab that shot and, and I think there'll be one or two high profile casualties um, in January at Rangers um, who, who could it be could Cantmill be one of them in January in terms of freeing up funds for the new manager because I think he's going to want to add one or two mm. I think he's done a great job he's had a great start at Rangers but I don't think he'll be totally keen and settled on the makeup of the squad not having wingers when you think of Greg's promoting uh, McCausland, sure. Scott Wright's got a new lease of life, yeah. but I think you really want to add in the, the wide areas. And someone's something's going to have to give in terms of the amount of players wanting to play that one number 10 position. That's a great point. And they've got a big squad on big money. They're on more money than Celtic at the moment. Overall, yeah, they, I think they, the, they, you know, they were the well backed. Michael yeah. B was uh, very well backed in the yeah. summer. Mm -hmm. The board um, can hold their hands up and say, oh, we did our bit and we, we really backed our manager. But with that, in, in terms of the recruitment not going totally well, there is going to have to be a wee bit of juggling, I think, in January. I don't think there's just going to be another £20 million there to spend. So I, I expect one or two maybe high-profile casualties. Well, see, when you're saying that, Paul, that's what I'm saying. See, likes of Lawns, I've seen him as that sort of left of the front three as and such. If they played that 4 2 3 one, he'd have been that, and the three, he'd been the left. Cantwell would have been the 10. Mm -hmm. But now he's playing him in the right, and that's the only position I don't see him playing. Yeah. You've always said yeah, that. I know. That's the yeah. only position I don't see him playing. I think he's either the left or the ten, and that that is the problem when you don't balance your group, because all these players will want to play, and the biggest difficulty you get is is trying to keep them all happy. You know, and that that's the biggest thing. It's different if you're playing in the Champions League, you're involved in European games, you're going to the end it because you need them all. Then it's trying to keep them all happy at this moment in time. Is the next problem that comes and listen the manager's got no interest and I think he spoke exceptionally well yes. when he's talked about the team I just think he's not sure and I think I look at Cantwell and I'm thinking to myself that's still not going to get the best out of that right hand side I don't care who the manager is when you look at teams and you talk about what's a cup final team Rangers have got a cup final to look forward to before a transfer window opens currently in, in terms of that front four positions of playing that 4-3-3 4-2-3-1 it's Seema and Danilo plus two for the cup final but if everyone's fit that's the two that have got the jerseys and I think it's wide open for, for anyone else What do you think Rangers fans 08 08 17 17 700 and for Celtic what about Sydney Van Hoydonk could there be a Van Hoydonk back at Celtic Park they're going to need striker or strikers in January because of the Asian Cup there'll be no Kyogo there'll be no Maeda um, and obviously O as well so well if Sydney's yeah. laying like his father yeah. you would take him that's oh, for, sure. for sure as I say I've not seen him live I've seen wee clips of him you know just highlights or whatever yeah. you know and I've seen little bits and bobs of him and listen the boy I know he's not went to Bologna and scored but you'll always find I tell he's slightly different mm. you know you can, go there, you can yeah. go there a lot of their teams Paul the older players serious players <laughs> play at the top end of the pitch mm. and guys with low experience and I'm talking you can go for your mid to the late 30s yeah, sure. you know what I mean because they've always been used to that and they're all about winning at this moment in time they've been built on defences and they're not taking somebody and it's difficult when you say oh he's only scored one goal but then that's when I get back to that old argument how many minutes has he had of course yeah. you know mm -hmm. how many times has he been yeah. on the pitch has he gone on five minutes I mean it's like Lauren Shanklin the other night there he gets a cap but he's on the 87th minute yeah. but he's like, I never scored <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, you yeah, know what I mean sure. that's what people yeah. look at and you've got to go and look and I'm sure Celtic have done their due diligence I'm sure they're out there saying he's got great movement if we play and we create chances we're talking about wide players we've got can he finish them off and I think that's the thing you look for a striker you don't go on statistics when it comes to that you come with the team he's playing with do we create that he could finish and if that's the case and I always say a Celtic striker scores 4 out of 6 chances minimum that's the, that's what Celtics are expected to do. You're allowed to miss two, but that's it, okay. maximum. 
if you're anything below that, you're probably not a Celtic striker. Stephen, what do you think? Are we going to see Sydney Van Hoydonk in January? Well, I, th- I think Celtic need to do business anyway yeah. when you think of potentially Owen and Kyogo not being available. Um, I know there's a winter break, but the, just missing one or two games would be, with that striker, would be a, a big problem. He's actually named um, the year I was at Hibs in the COVID season. Um, so it was a kind of split role I had with my relationship with Jack. I was doing the player coaching. He's when he came up in the recruitment meeting. Oh, Van Hoydonk's name came up. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's just, I mean, there's all these names. Um, Graham Maffey at the time and... Um, the, the video analysis and, and you're going through all them and, and but just by the surname um, of course. and you and you watch and there was no doubt he'd scored a, a bundle of goals for Nat Breda and but just with the lack of we weren't able to fly out to, to see them play the outlay on it was, was quite big with Kevin Nisbet had just signed in the summer and, and he was flying so I think the circumstances had it been maybe in a normal season he's someone that we might have gone for but just you, you're worried about bringing someone into the country yeah. can't go out with any of the boys need to stay in a flat go from training into flat the difficulties of it but in hindsight now that you see the success of them you think yeah. could wish we'd just done it so there we are yep his name came up so what is that now three years ago probably 2020 yeah. 2020 yeah. Van Hoydog's name came up at Hibs so could he be in the green and white of Celtic and Celtic fans what are you thinking AGM tomorrow morning 11, 11.30 I think what are some of the things you'd want to talk about it'll make you feel old but Paul including why you're hearing Van Hoydonk's son Jordan Larson I remember breaking the story <laughs> Jordan right? Larson used to live around the corner yeah, you'd see them all it makes you feel old for sure loads of Rangers players lived out there as well in you know, Lanarkshire or up at Bridge of Allen Celtic players as well those were the days The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy free quotes for solar PV battery storage and heat pumps Let's go it's the Go Radio Football Show just looking ahead to the weekend with Stephen McGinn, Paul Cooney and Peter Grant. This weekend kicks off three o'clock on Saturday. There'll be, I would imagine, 60,000 for Celtic against Motherwell, Dundee against Hibs, Hearts against St. Johnson, Ross County, Kilmarnock and St. Mirren against Livy. Ross County, of course, with a new manager, Derek Adams. Talk about that in a moment or two, for a moment or two. And then on Sunday, Aberdeen against Rangers, 12 o'clock. Probably match of the weekend, but every one of your games is match of the weekend. I'm just thinking if you're uh, well, a St. Mirren fan, they want to get back winning again. They want to cement that position. Stephen, you must have such pride in the way they've been playing. And they're up against Livy. St Mirren, what a start to the season. Yeah, really good start, put themselves in a good position. But as you say, the last few weeks haven't been as, as good. So so surprised at the, the Dundee result. When I mean, you think of, I mean, they just had a total off day, it just didn't happen for them at all. But if you're actually looking at the kind of, who could lose 4 0 in, in the Scottish Premier League, St Mirren would be one of your last teams. Um, but I, I, I would have expected Dundee to be the team with four goals. No, for. no, yeah. um, and and as I said, I think across the board, it just didn't happen for them. It can it can happen, but they put themselves in a good position. But what they are looking at, if you're if you're looking at that top six European positions, come, uh, coming up against Livingston at home, they'll be looking to get going again with three points. If you're Malky Mackay, you're thinking you wake up and you think, all right, that's that episode is over my time at Ross County and they've brought in a, a new manager and it's Derek Adams I, 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 I don't know him I just thought third time round it doesn't happen too often Peter what's your uh, thoughts on surprised yeah. and I don't mean that in any no. disrespect to Derek because if you look at his stats when the clubs he's been at yeah. and 
he's done with his latest club he worked really hard and there Morecambe. but left them yep. when Morecambe and went I think he left them and go to Bradford then he was sacked within mm -hmm. a period of time and then went back to Morecambe and unfortunately ended up getting relegated but I, I, I don't really understand the process unless I know he's been there this is his third time now and he's very well thought of up there that that is fine but I, I, I said to you last week there'll be nobody who worked as hard as Malky the professionalism will be right round the club everything will be set for anyone to walk into and everything will be ready there'll be anything you want to look at whether it's sports science and somebody maybe just has a different eye on the player or whatever I'm not sure what they're expecting because it's not as if I wouldn't say Derek's the most jovial in the respect not, no, no I'm, I'm an outside yeah, you sure. know, and, I got, yeah. and any time I've met him he's been very respectful yeah. and very nice but I'm not saying because you're thinking oh is it one of these characters that's going in like see a John Hughes for instance oh yeah John's, you know what you're going to get with <laughs> yeah. John Gagarius you whatever. hear before you see him yeah exactly yeah. Derek's not like that right. you know right. so it's a slightly different you know so it'll be interesting to see how he does I mean he's obviously done a lot of jobs and he's done well yeah. in his work mm -hmm. it's his third time there so he knows the chairman very very well and I think he, he's lived in that area and he's yeah. kept a house there for a long time you know sort of thing so all these things fall into place but it'll be interesting to see how he does because let, let's not be kidding I, I said before it's a difficult one because when your players do well they move on what Ross County player as, as we talked about being the top goal scorer or joint top goal scorer in the league and then all of a sudden you lose that that is very difficult we see the situation with Marlowe just now yeah. you lose a Van Veen Oof. All yeah, of a sudden, sure. I'm sure they've probably created chances in other games and not tend them at important times, but that is a slight difference that you're going to have. And that, I think that happened with Malky as well. And never had that out and out goal scorer in important games. Stephen Derrick Adams, what are you thinking? Yeah, but a bit like Peter, not in a disrespectful way, but I was a bit underwhelmed in terms of when Roy McGregor came out and he said, Look, we want to be taken seriously here. Yeah. We don't want to be, we want to be good into Glasgow and, and, and believe me. I, I think he built up to the point where. You've just had a, a manager, Malky McKay. I played under Malky. Uh, thought he was really top class uh, when I played under him. Be managing the Premier League in England. I'm thinking, oh, I wonder where they're going here. And then you go and get a manager for the third spell. And I mean, um, was it decided before Malky was sacked? Was that always going to be him? Or did he think he was going to get something? That, I mean, that, the names that start to go through your head, I wonder who that could be. And Yeah, I was a bit surprised it was Derek Adams. But... Um, as Peter said when you lose guys like Charles Cook and Hungbo there's not I mean you go and try and get them sure. again it's nearly impossible um, they went and got Eamon Brophy and Jay Henderson for, for a, a big enough uh, sum in terms of I think, Simon Murray, I think Simon Murray was a good sign for them yeah. I, I like mm -hmm. him but I, I, I must admit I like him playing through the middle but I think he works really really hard and puts you under a lot of pressure so I think he's a good signing for them and Queen's Park missed him then yeah he? absolutely yeah. I and mean, there's no doubt that you, Simon he sparks everybody else around about him so there's been good signings there but it's the goals you know you need consistently and I think they gave up too many silly set plays at times you know they were losing I think Every second game, they would get somebody sent off. Yeah. You know, sure. we things like that, Paul, are so, so yeah. difficult. Sure. And as Stephen's rightly yeah. saying, and we've spoken about the goal scorers, if you lose that, it doesn't matter what team you are. It's so difficult for these teams to go and get somebody else again yep. to replicate that. The revolving door continues being a football manager, especially in the Premiership, probably Scotland more than anywhere else at the moment. Um, Rangers fans are just asking, there's a. Some speculation today that two Italian clubs are now interested in Ross McCausland, who of course went into the Northern squads, played a few games for Rangers recently, did well just before the break. And they're saying that Atalanta are interested in Jose Mourinho's Roma. So what do you think? Is this kind of week? Silly season, we call it, you know, in journalism when they're, they're 
we haven't started the games again. Stephen, could you see him heading to... I mean, what do Rangers do? They're going to play him enough to keep him because the Rangers fans love him. We're going into agent season, aren't we? Yeah, that, that we are. Period exactly. before. Yeah. And you look at it and you, and you see yeah. that his contract's up at the end of the season, yeah. potentially in terms of he's, he's doing well for Rangers. Is he in the middle of a contract negotiation with, with Rangers? The first thing you think of, uh, there might be genuine interest, I hope it is for the boy, but uh, the first thing you think, no, the agent's thrown a few. Yeah, but <laughs> the only thing I've been saying top of that is yep. Scottish boys have went and done well mm -hmm. in Italy. You know, and I think that's important. They've went there and if they go there, McCausland and that, the biggest problem they're going to get, as we've talked about, is getting the game time. And you, you, there's one, <laughs> probably the front area of the pitch, no matter what team you go to, to stay on the pitch for 90 minutes and be able to produce... It's very, very rare that's going to happen. I'd be very, very careful if it was true that he's going to go, if, if he's got more of a chance. And I think the manager's given him this chance. I, I, told, I said when he played in the, the Harris game, I think it was, he spoke about Paul yeah. with Cyprus last. I was really, That was the first time I'd really seen him. And I thought he was exciting. He got the ball and he plays with that youthful enthusiasm along with his talent. You know, and you want to keep these boys as long as you can and you want them to improve and play as long as they can. I would hate for them to get sucked in and go somewhere that he's going to be playing in a B team you know, yeah. or an under-20s team, because for me then, he's got an opportunity with his national team yeah. because of what he's doing for Rangers. Yeah. And that puts you at the forefront of everything. And I think that's what I'd be trying to balance him with him and say, listen, look what we've got already. We try to do that. Time will come, like everything else, time will come with that opportunity further down the line, God willing, you stay clear of any injuries or that. Yeah. But the talent, you don't want to go without even putting your jacket on, as I would say, to play a game, because when do you become a Rangers player? Yeah. It's no five minutes. Because once you've played 100 yeah. games or something mm -hmm. like that, then you say, oh, well, I'm a Rangers first team player. And I think that's the sort of thing you should be aiming for and keeping up these levels of performance. Peter Grant says, please don't go. That's the message, <laughs> don't leave Ibrox no, no, for no, McCausland. No. What about um, former Rangers striker David Healy, who's Northern Ireland's all-time scorer, top scorer. Uh, Northern Ireland beat Denmark last night. And the connection is that he says he reckons that Matt O'Reilly, who made his debut last night for the full Denmark side, could be an icon like Frank Lampard was at Chelsea. So that's huge. So there's a few things in there. Good news, it was a defeat though for Denmark. Well done, Northern Ireland, Michael O'Neill's team. But for Matt O'Reilly to get the full cap. Fantastic for Matt. I'm absolutely delighted for him. You know yeah. him so well yeah, from his days. Yeah, I'm de absolutely, yeah. absolutely delighted for him. You know, he played with England all the way through youth levels. And as I say, he had issues with his back and whatever. Yeah. That was always a problem for him. So maybe never played as often as he could. The time they won the World Cup, he never got selected. And I think that was down to the fact that he wasn't able to train prior and he missed out in a lot of games. So he's got he's taken that opportunity to go to Denmark. I think he's, me personally, I think he's completely different from Frank Lampard. I know he yeah, scores sure. goals and that, but he's a technician. And that's no disrespect to Frank. Frank was a great runner in the box off yeah. the drug buzz and yeah. all this sort of thing. So I think Matt's a completely different type of player. He gets a few goals. And it, I think the big thing in Matt's favour is he can handle the ball. So he can play international football because he can handle the ball, he can look forward, he can make passes. He's got all that quality, so he's not going to learn that. And, and that's the thing I think that we have to keep progressing our players with, being able to handle the ball at a level, because there's a period in the game that you need to be able, or can you pick that one pass out against a, for a top-quality striker, and O'Reilly's got that. He's special. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the I don't see him as a Frank Lampard. Um, no. In my time in down south, um, I used to go to as many of the Premier League games I could go, and you go to the Chelsea games, and you just couldn't believe just how many times Frank Lampard ran, ran in the box. And I mean, he was always at that time you're you're asked, you're told to watch your Lampards, 
Gerard's false goals at the time the guy's top of the English game I just couldn't believe just how many times I, I see Matt O'Reilly as more of a he's, he's a connector he's great at winning the ball back he's great at that pass out to the wide men um, but testament to him getting into that Dun- Denmark team I know it's a it's just a really good side when you think of Hoiberg coming on for him um, it's not bad is it's, it it's yeah. not going to be an easy team to. he's not going to pick up 50 caps easy so uh, good luck to him alright going to head for the news then we're back you can call Peter Grant and Stephen McGinn 0808 17 17 700 Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic commercial and public sector customers with access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote, and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! How are your plans going for Germany? We're all keeping in with Stephen McGinn, aren't we? Where do you think the tickets will be? Will it be sort of the right centre stand? And the What do you think, Peter? What do you fancy? Just, just five behind the dogout, I'll be quite right, happy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you can hear everything's going on, you can hear what the coaches for both teams are saying. Will you pipe down you know, a wee bit? Are you no, going to be... no, I want to be looking to see what everybody's yeah. saying, because you never stop learning. Yeah. You know, I think that's important. So as long as we're right in the middle, but yeah. so we can see both. Stephen, a week on Saturday, we'll all be watching for the draw, and we're in pot three. And we know who's in pot three. Uh, the manager, he was quite funny, wasn't he? He was asked after the game the other night, after the Norway game, uh, what do you feel about pot three? Not bothered. Don't even know who, who else is in pot three, who else is in pot two, I don't know. But I'm sure I'll find out when I get to Hamburg. <laughs> what, what do you make of pot three? Actually, we talked about it last night and it's it looks quite good. It's always difficult to say beforehand. But um, pot two looks... You love to talk, over talk about it in terms yep. of if there's one or two badgings in, in either um, <laughs> badgings yeah. group. Well, you think, yeah. I mean, the, the draw could come out and, and you look at it and you think, if we play our best of our ability, there's no chance of qualifying. Mm-hmm. Or it could come out and you think, yeah. we could get through here, but no, by just by uh, winning games, we should be winning. Um, but I'd love to say I'm looking forward to the draw uh, a week on Saturday, mm-hmm. but. I turned 35 that day, so it's coming. Oh, really? It's coming yeah. like a train, oh, honestly. Yeah. I think. Okay, so pension advice. <laughs> I can say that just 35. Is that your birthday then? Yeah. I missed um, yeah, when I, mean, I moved to England. I don't know if Peter um, okay. got as a 35. The PFA pension was 35, oh, and they changed that six months before. So, so what is unfortunately, it mine's is 55. You're kidding. They changed that. They no. changed it that. that I think uh, there was only two. There was only two, Paul. I think it was that, and yeah. I'll maybe be wrong here. Ballerinas. Really? Ballerinas yeah. and footballers at that particular time were allowed to get a pension at 35. Um, wow. Uh, because of the. That was, this, that was um, known as old then. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you were playing at 33. If you were playing at 33. Did you ever try old. the dancing? Because I mean, maybe that might have been your career. Yeah, I was yeah. in Victoria's a few times. Oh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> but that isn't funny, is it? That's a shame. Because yeah. people are, you know, the age is getting older for just for the rest of us, you know, the, the, the limit. But for, so you've just missed out on it. Anyway, back to although we feel for you, but uh, <laughs> I don't. No, you don't. Right, pot three. Peter's keeping right. Who's in pot three? Means I've got the record in the sun here next to me. Pot three: Scotland, Holland, Croatia, Italy, Serbia, Slovenia. Uh, pot two that we've mentioned: Turkey, Denmark, Hungary, Albania, Romania, and Austria. 
um, pot four Slovakia, Czech Republic, Switzerland, and then the playoff winner of A, B, and C. Yeah, and pot one it's the it's the super it's the juggernauts, isn't it, of Germany, Portugal, France, England, Belgium, and Spain. I'm saying juggernauts, but Portugal, you know, in Belgium. They've been brilliant in, in recent years. I remember, uh, was it 2004? Would you say any of them Portugal are the best? And, uh, of Port 1s? Yep. Would you say any of them are the best, you know? Well, we know who think they're going to be the best and they may <laughs> well be, but no, I, what do you think? No, but that's what I'm I saying, know, you know. Sure. Listen, well, Germany have been well off the ball. I, I look they? at England yeah. and I just think yeah. they've, they've probably got the world's best striker. Mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> you yep. know, one of the world's Harry. best strikers, yeah. you know. I mean, let's be honest, mm -hmm. there's no doubt of that. He's up there with the very best. And we're finding out more about him now that he's doing it in Germany? Yeah, but I think... I've no, the way he's I, I seen I seen him Paul as a young man playing, and the one thing about him, he's always a goal scorer. He was I remember him at Tottenham. They were used to play. I think it was at Stevenage or Crawley or something. Like that. That's where they used to play the reserve games, and he even scored goals then. But then he went out. His loans and never played. He had a, a difficult time at Norwich. He got an injury to get back. He went to Leicester and didn't play. But the two on the bench for Leicester, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Under Nigel Pearson at that time, it was him and Jamie Vardy. Oh right, yeah, that wow. was the two guys that couldn't get a game. There's two. You know, at that particular time. Yeah. Um, so Jack Vardy must have broken through just after that. Then. Well, he gets bought, in, didn't he? They yeah. bought him for was it Fleetwood? Maybe. Okay. I say Fleetwood, yeah, yeah, I'm, not sure. yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not I think sure. Think it was Halifax to okay. Fleetwood. Too. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but that was the but, two that was on the bench. Yeah. But he was always a goal scorer. But he's proved he is up there with the very best. So you're saying England would be your favourites at the moment? Yes. You would. Yeah. Listen, the only team I'd come. Them and France, for me, yeah. as the two teams that you just think they have got sprinkled with magic dust. Mm -hmm. That's the two. In terms of playing squads, I think England and France are miles ahead of uh, the other top teams in, in Europe at the minute. But just in terms of mentality, I, I just think if it really comes down to it, I think France will go over the line. You reckon? Yeah. And Bappy and Co. Are going I just, to I just think, I mean, yeah. I, you speak about winning things and... and England haven't won they don't know what it takes to get over the line and I think in the small details I think that's why your Francis win it because they've, they've got players in their squads that have done it mm. oh, I think I'm disappointed there's been a lot of criticism for the last few performances who? England England yeah with respect night, to that yeah. I'd rather they went and battered oh. them because then everybody would be raving about them yes. it's coming home oh, and all that yeah. and they always yeah. get tripped up with yeah. that one so mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, anyway. that, that's, only, that's only downside is Gareth Southgate has he got that winning mentality to give to an the players well I didn't care I, I played under Liam Brady I played under yeah. the, the greatest probably sell ever and Billy McNeil who mm -hmm. won the European yeah. trophies and whatever but it, it, you just in a player you've got to believe it anybody can tell you you've got to believe it you've got to have confidence they can't give you that right. it's only performances that give you that because Southgate's not playing listen he's very intelligent about his football yes. he's a, yeah. obviously loves his football and people say he probably would rather not lose than yeah, go sure. for the win. And that's sometimes the problem. But I think that's very difficult. What, what, what England player, when you look at it, you know they'll say they've not got Harry Maguire, but then you ask someone, who are they going to play then? You know, yeah. who gives them this? Lewis Dunk's come in and done exceptionally mm -hmm. well. You've got John Stones playing a slightly different role now. You've got Harry Maguire, who never lets them down. I think every tournament, he's been named in team of the tournament. Yeah. So you can't really argue with that. Left back's been a better position for them mm. because Luke Shaw doesn't play. But you're thinking squad wise, and mm. Stephen's right, France and England, you look at the squads. I mean, a big blow to Spain, obviously, young Gavi has yeah, done his ACL, bad. which is a yeah. crying that was shame. Horrible, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a crying yeah. shame. But listen, they're not at the levels they were with the rest. See, I think I think if you'd put a Jurgen Klopp, a Guardiola, a Unai Emery in charge of England over the last six years, I think they would have I think they'd have won the home Euros. 
definitely. And I think I think that was a huge missed opportunity for them. And I think they did beat Croatia as well in the same final. I thought it was another huge one that almost they threw them away as opposed to losing them. You think now it's down to the players being able to handle the pressure, Stephen, as well? Because I think yeah. as a, I, I can never remember looking at the manager. You know, thinking during a period in the game in a cup final or anything like that, how are we going to go over the line here? Is the manager going to tell us how to go over the line here? And I just think the players get a wee bit, a, a bit then because you'd know what it takes. They're all playing at the top level, whether it's in Europe or the Premier League week in, week out. If you don't sense a moment, say, listen, guys, we need to stay, come on, let's go and do this. You can't constantly blame the manager. You know, when you start yeah. passing the ball back, they've been in the situation... Was it the semi-final against Croatia? If I'm right, a few years. Yeah, yeah that was remember. the one. That's right, they were two, they were one nothing up, but cruising. Cruising, and then Croatia just built herself yeah. into it because mm -hmm. he top quality players, you know? Uh, it could, yeah, you could make a case for everything. I just think these to the, the top ones, I, I just think the first half an hour against Italy, to think they, they lost that, that final, I, I mean, the way the first yeah. half an hour went, is that because of the mentality in the squad? Is that changes within the game? But I'm not sure, but... Uh, as I said, I thought they lost that as opposed to Italy going to exactly. win it. On their own pitch. I mean, they played every game, didn't they? At Wembley. Um, but big players were playing in opposition no, as well. No, of Paul, course. Who For knew sure. how to take the game yeah. by the scruff of the I neck? Know. Yep. You know, Chiellini yep. and that at the back mm. were men in that particular period in that game. Mm. They were men. They grew in it. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of England players have played at the, the big levels. Yep. But how many of them have won trophies? Not that many. Not that many. That's a great point. So the Norway boss the other night speaking to Steve Clark afterwards, uh, Stahl Soblakin said, um, I think you're going to go through. You know, you'll go from the group stages. Steve Clark was asked afterwards. That would be the intention. The intention is to go there. What we've worked very hard at is, is being competitive, being a competitive team every time we go to the pitch. Uh, that's why I was a little bit disappointed with the first half tonight. I didn't think we were competitive enough. Much more competitive second half. We, we, we're Scotland. We, we, we have a certain way of playing. We, we, have, we have a style. We, we like to play on the front foot. And hopefully, the Norway manager's right when we get to Germany. Is Saul back and right? Are we going out of the group stage? You would think so. As I said, I think the draw... I know you say you take who you're given, but I think the draw is, is crucial in terms of giving us a chance. In the last tournament, I felt, I mean, Croatia were just at peak Croatia when you think of that midfield, Modric, Rakitic. Um, it was just no no crowd in terms of playing the games at Hamden. But I think the draw could be key in terms of winnable games. But I, I also think Norway have been quite unlucky not to qualify. When you think of, I thought they were excellent in the home game against Scotland and if so back and maybe had left Haaland on you just never yeah. know if we, if we win that day so he small, must have small nightmares margins. about that he must think why did I take Haaland off just with one goal in it but well, vice versa Paul you've yeah. got to look at it we scored a fantastic winner I don't think we get the credit for the winner mm. the, the, the play the switcher play through True. and the yeah. Johns pass yeah. back then the touch back was it Dykes that touches it back to Kenny McLean mm. I mean it was a fantastic was. all round goal you know at that period in the game you need a big result and it was a fantastic winner. So there's things that's happened as well. I was just going to ask Stephen if you could pick your ideal uh, draw out. What would you pick? Hey, Paul, give yeah, that. Give that. Next, you just did. After the next break. Okay. Yeah, who, who would we find? <laughs> who would he say? Right. Right, I'd like that. One, okay. two, three. Well, pot one, Portugal. I'm just throwing in the name. You, uh, would it be Portugal so? you would take? I, if you need, could? I need to look at it. Oh, I mean, you want I to ask I Stephen? Need, yeah, right. he said after the break, so we can write uh, it down. I want to see if it's close to what I get. Right. Last <laughs> night, I think I said Wednesday's programme is going to be with James Richardson. <laughs> and we're talking about Paul Gascoigne being on the Rangers video, along with Barry and others. 
and we were talking about the Celtic video as well and we mentioned James Richardson remember Gazetta de la Sport yeah, and all that on a Saturday Sunday morning it was a brilliant programme so we were joking that he was going to be on but it was maybe for me or was it for Mark we'll find out who's on tomorrow <laughs> night um, yeah have a think about it which pot well we know which pot we're in who would we like to be up against here's a bit more from the manager then he was asked what's next for him after the completion successful completion of the qualifying nice, nice night for the supporters to say thank you to the team nice night for the the team and the staff to thank the supporters so that part of the night was pretty good not half an hour go away I'll probably spend the next couple of days just recovering uh, taking a bit of time to myself uh, after that I'll probably look back at the two games Georgia and Norway see what I could have done better see what the players could have done better and then I'll get myself ready for a for a trip to Hamburg which is great because we're, we're in the draw it's something that everyone can look forward to next summer and we've still got a lot of work to do very practical, isn't he? And he says, you know, I'll look and see what I could have done better. But he doesn't get carried away. But it's so important, Paul, yeah. you know. Listen, it's very, very difficult in modern day game to get carried away at any time. No matter how successful you are, you're always worried anyway because as soon as you get a few bad results, you heard it, listen. But it'll go five games on, we've no one in five. Sure. Listen, we're through. What's the aim at the start is to get there. That's what we've done. So the most important part now, and of course you want to play well and you want to win every game, but because of the changes you made and the players not available, I'm not giving that, but you've got to be able to see that. And They never played at the, the levels we are. But I still think they'd have been very difficult games, even if all the boys would have been there. Yeah. You know, imagine getting into the day two places. If you weren't qualified, we'd have been nervous, right? Absolutely. Wrecked. You yeah. know what I mean? Going look to at the places. way they mixed it in Georgia. You know, Absolutely. Around, were they? And places. listen, mm. Norway played some really good stuff yes. the other night there. Yeah. And I bet you they had five or six players not available. Yeah. You know, and Odegaard would have played, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, of course. Haaland would have been fifth. Of course, course all these yeah. things. So all, all these things. And listen, we always tell you about cup competition. Mm. What you need is a little bit of luck and a little bit of fortune. You know, and yeah. when we've needed it, we've had everybody available predominantly to get through. They didn't. And that's important, as I say, we always, hopefully, that continues. Can we throw it to Stephen now? Yeah. Stephen, so pot one, Germany, Portugal, France, I'll not even mention them in England because you've mentioned they, <laughs> they'll probably win it. Belgium, Spain. Belgium. Right, why? I just think they've had, for a, for a long time, they had a real special generation, but I think yeah. they're older now. Yeah. You have Vertonghen's and Alderweireld's. Yeah. There's not that next generation of defenders in it. Obviously, still a top team, course, but not quite sure. the levels over the last few years. Yep. Okay. Peter, who would you want? England. In pot one. Yeah? Yeah. Why? I just feel you've got to put the, There's a different pressure comes with mm. them because they've got a pressure on them to go and win it. And the last thing they would want is Scotland in first game because of everything else that comes along with that, you know. Um, Can you imagine the travelling? That's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Everything. Everything goes around about it. And people know mm. it's so important to try and get that victory in that first game. You know, it's so important to try and give you that breather. And I think the pressure going on to them, the, the way it's been, and I know they've got a couple of friendly as Brazil sure. and Belgium, they play prior to that. Because I still think Belgium, will De Bruyne and that will be fit? I think they will. And I just think yeah. they've still got that magic dust. Lukaku's got the, the amount of goals sure. he's got at this level. You know, and you just think they've got a lot of top quality players yeah. not playing at their best, okay. you know. Um, but, but I just feel yeah. but I would take the England one for a different type I think because it gives of the us pressure. the spur yeah, because it's absolutely. the, uh, the, pressure the oldest international in the well, Scotland yeah. Brazil World Cup yeah. you know you can near enough to get a draw out it would go the yeah. penalty with John Collins all sure. these sort of things mm -hmm. there's a different type of pressure comes with that first game Part 2 ok Stephen Turkey Denmark Hungary Albania Romania Austria 
still. I've got I've got three yep. written down here, and yep. I've went Austria because I know we can beat them, mm-hmm. um, yep. and then Romania and Albania. I've, I'm actually going to rule out Albania just in terms of mm. the amount of fans we have at the ground. Yeah. yeah. You think the Tartan Army will, will have a big say yep. in the games, but I think yep. uh, so. I'm going to go with Romania. Okay. I'm the same. You're the same. Yeah. And pot four: Slovakia, Czech Republic. Switzerland and then the playoff winner we don't know I mean Wales could be one of the playoff winners we don't know they're playing uh, tonight aren't they well Wales. the other one's Croatia yep. isn't it Croatia yep yeah, so you wouldn't be wanting them because Modric's still got that magic that. feet oh my goodness so Croatia <laughs> I, th- I think yep. Wales are a bit like Belgium okay. in terms of they missed their, their golden generation but th- with everything that comes the emotion of that game mm-hmm. uh, Slovakia please Slovakia mm-hmm. okay and uh, no, we can't choose where we'll be. I, I tried that with Barry last night. I said, Barry, can you sort out the draw? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I mean, wherever it's going to be, he's going to be absolutely brilliant, isn't oh, it? Fantastic. Yeah. Listen, what was your favourite is... ground to play at? Sorry, in Germany, Peter, some of the grounds you played at. Was it the Walfenstadion, you call think. it? Yeah. Uh, Dortmund. In Dortmund, well, it was, yeah. The best ever. Mm-hmm. Apart from you Celtic Park, that was magnificent. <laughs> you know, that was the. That was, Brilliant. It's so yeah. close to the, close. the, the, the high the, the, stands. Magnificent. It? Yeah. it was full both occasions I played there. Uh, it was just the yellow wall, as they call it. Mm, and yeah. it's just a wonderful, wonderful stadium to play. And the atmosphere is phenomenal. And uh, I, I'd love it to be around about that area. Where we're... Do you know, I always remember they also played um, a Celtic song as well. Do you remember that? You probably yeah. didn't hear it. Yeah. So they had all their own songs, chants, but they played a Celtic song. And they also, I think they played You'll Never Walk and Alone. And they also play Walk On. Yeah, yeah. they do Indeed. that. They do yeah. that. There's a big connection between the fans. They get very close together. Right. Dortmund yeah. and Celtic fans became, because obviously Murdo. Sure. I was going to say, did Murdo, Murdo be involved yeah. in that as oh, well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so with all mm-hmm. that, we, we played yeah. them twice, I think, but they had a wonderful side at that particular time. Um, but that that is a special, special stadium to play in. Stephen, yeah, any stadium in particular, any city they'd love uh, to be I've in. got a couple I want to avoid. Uh, Leipzig, just in terms of how far, I had to look at the map, obviously how far away it is yeah. from from the from sure. everywhere. Yeah. And the stadium's a bit uninspiring. It's not as good yeah. as I mean some some right good stadiums in in Hamburg. Just because I've been there, a very. Um, Do you watch football? <laughs> of course, I had a bad day. I had a bad experience there. <laughs> Tell us what happened. I was at St Mirren in the first spell. Andy Dorman's a huge Liverpool fan. So it gets to, I don't know if Peter um, would remember it of any association with Fulham at that time. But the, the final four for the, the old UEFA Cup was um, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool mm-hmm. and um, Fulham versus Hamburg. Mm-hmm. So Andy Dorman had spoke, it was, a, it was a big group of us uh, young guys were going to go, Liverpool will beat Atletico Madrid. And then it's either Liverpool v Fulham, which decent game, or Liverpool v Hamburg, who are the whole city. So good trip. End up, Atletico Madrid beat Liverpool and Fulham beat Hamburg. So, in the lead up to the game, there was absolutely nobody there. <laughs> but also, as a young, inexperienced man, I uh, just expect going, expected going to Europe that it'd be warm at the end of May, going to a cup final. Didn't take any jumpers and I was freezing. <laughs> and, and, and to top it all off, we were going, we had a couple of drinks. Um, we didn't realise until... Um, I think it was extra time or the, or the second half of the start of extra time that we were drinking non-alcoholic beer excellent <laughs> good trip all around great trip that means you can hold your lager then yeah indeed <laughs> that's yeah. for sure it'll be brilliant the one. and how good will it be to have the Tartan Army the Scots fans there because Euro 2020 and 2021 was hardly anyone there obviously 10, how many were at Wembley 20,000 half of them were Scottish but, but, but Paul people always say that the Scottish fans going yeah. abroad they make it yeah. and I always felt that that was a difference as well and it's always and long may it continue it was always fun for them you know what I mean it was always enjoyable it was always singing 
And long may that continue. I know life's changed a little bit, but that was the one thing you, you really enjoyed about it. People were there to party and have a laugh and have a joke. You see so much going on in the world at this moment in time, everywhere. You know, so many, even in football as well, that, that's, that's, that's been mad, marked badly as well. Hopefully that all changes because that's the biggest thing they always talk about getting into these finals and they spoke about it in Germany before and hopefully that's not yeah. going to be the case this time but I think the places are always a poorer place if the Scots are not there anyway. So I, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it but it'd be fantastic if they're in one of the big cities and I, I'm sure all the German cities that are going to be hosting it they'll be desperate for the Scots to come mm -hmm. because you there's reckon, one, they know they spend their money yeah. and 90% of the time 99% yeah. oh, sure. of the time they behave themselves you know what I mean so that's the biggest thing and Stephen after Covid and you know we're, we're all hearing what's been going on and hearing inquiries and all the rest when you think back of after the lockdowns and we miss so much I mean right across life even more important than football but we deserve to enjoy a tournament and also we're probably more ambitious this time we were so happy to be in, in a finals uh, two years ago that we're, we're desperate to go further yeah, I think there was two things. Obviously, the, the actual game experience was lucky enough, obviously, with John was playing. You, you yeah. get to go um, and to see Hamden so empty for such huge occasions. But I think also with it being the games at Hamden, I think they were spread around Europe, you don't certainly you don't live the tournament. No. I think the Tartan Army going to Germany are going to live the mm. tournament for two, three weeks. Hopefully, uh, the full hog. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um, I, think, I think there's something special. In it. And I, I've always said, if, if you're to handpick a... a country to host a tournament to be at I think Germany in terms of well, football well I was there Stephen I was there was it the World Cup it was in Germany I was there and I actually went to Australia versus Croatia ah oh, Craig Moore you know so yeah. I was actually at that game and the referee gave it was it uh, three yellow cards yeah. I was actually at the Alter game Alter Craig yeah <laughs> <laughs> was three yellow cards he gave to yeah. the one player yeah. um, after wow. but, yeah. but yet again but what it was brilliant about being able to get from city to city the, the, the movement around about the trains and everything the infrastructure was brilliant you know, for the stadiums, you were away quickly, you were in the groups, and it didn't matter how big the crowds were, mm. you know. I was in Munich and all that sort of stuff, watching one game, and then you were in another place watching another game. But it was brilliant getting to and from, and there was always these fan parks and everything. It was a special, special place, and it was looked after exceptionally well, you know. It was very well policed, um, and all these things, because they're so important, because you want people to go there and enjoy it again, because... We need to bring some enjoyment back to people's lives wherever that's going on in the world at this minute. Sure, surely we definitely do. Stephen, we're going to ask, I'll ask Peter after the break, could he be Scotland's all-time top scorer? Well, he could be. And we're talking about your brother. And it's not because of that. It's because the papers are talking about it as well. 18 goals. He's what, he's just turned 29. Um, what, four, five, six years left. And we're now qualifying. What do you think? Could he be the all-time top scorer? The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! It's the Tuesday night edition of the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Thank you so much for tuning in every night or catching us up on the podcast. More and more people are. Tomorrow night, we're going to have Mark Guidi and John Hartson, one of the great strikers, wasn't he? Big yeah, bad absolutely, John. Absolutely. He'll be biting his nails tonight about Wales of course but they could still qualify yeah, it was a big blow for them Paul it was a big blow for them at the yeah. weekend you know yeah. losing a goal is early and it just shows you yeah. it's very very difficult going to any of these countries that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about yep. you think well they get beat 4-2 at home with them so that gives you a marker but then you go 1-0 down right away and you think mm, it's going to be a tough night for them and then they get the wee bit of break before yep. half time but they just couldn't find it and Armenia I think they finished stronger actually yep. 
So it's going to be a big call for them. If they get through tonight, well, that'd be a big upset. There's no doubt of that. It sure would be. Uh, right, top scorers for Scotland, it's Dennis Law and Sir Kenny Dalglish. I mean, it's been for so long that's been the case. 30 goals. I mean, Dennis scored his 30 in 55 appearances and King Kenny scored his in 102. Huey Gallagher, we're going way back on 23 goals. Laurie Riley on 22. And then back... Closer to now, Ali McCoist, 19 goals in 61 games. Then John McGinn on 18, along with Kenny Miller. And Kenny had 68 games, John 62. Robert Hamilton on 15, Andy Wilson on 13, along with Robert McCall. Mo Johnson, just looking at names that we would know, 13 goals in 37 games. Wow, Incredible that was some record, scoring, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Incredible. So... You would imagine that he will... Well, how many do you think he can score? John McGinn. What do we reckon? God willing, he stays clear yep. of injury. Yeah. Listen, he can hear enough double what he's done. Yep. There is absolutely mm -hmm. no doubt of that. Yep. The way he plays and the position he plays. And I always think John's better running that way anyway. You know, I think that's his biggest strength. And he's got a foot like a bomb as well, you know what I mean? So A foot like a bomb? Oh, uh, he can like smack it. that ball, you know. Yep. So... And now, if he's at confidence to take penalty kicks, because all these things come yeah. in here, all these things are small details, you know, and you, you've got to be very, listen, it's not easy to take a penalty. Yeah. What did you take of his... Uh, hit the back of his... in it. <laughs> hit the back in it, son, that's all you say. <laughs> Nothing else. I don't care how it gets over the line, just get it hit the net. But listen, I've no doubt of that. And listen, the top two, yeah. Den and Dennis, imagine saying you were above the two. Just this day two, forget the other guys who were all sure. legends in their yeah. own time. Yeah. But Kenny and Dennis Law, wow, mm -hmm. to be above they too. Mm -hmm. And John McGinn have that. And I think, listen, I think the modern day game, especially with strikers, wouldn't maybe get that amount of goals even now because they play on putting their own. Mm -hmm. And for midfield players to try and get that record for John's, it'd be very, very difficult to catch. There's no doubt in my mind of that. Unless, I don't think they can add any more games anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so sure, it's impossible. So but they'll try, don't worry. Yeah, no, but it's impossible um, to add any more games. So I think. If John breaks that record, I don't think I think that could stand for history. And as a midfielder, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. And, and as vice captain, he's made a special request for Steve Clark to play um, Gibraltar in the San Marino. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Warm up matches for yeah, Germany. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, 12, I mean, 12 goals to join them, it's 13 a, to go clear. As I said, it's, it's amazing when you look at the names. Um, obviously, wasn't lucky enough to see Dennis Law and Kenny Deglish play, but just in modern, yeah. modern times, you, you look at the. Some of the names, even like James McFadden, who's yeah, right. like he's in your head yeah. of them. Thirteen um, goals, but it's something. I mean, John's John's had a real commitment to Scotland um, mm. right from the start. I mean, even in the last few years, sometimes, especially when he had a bit of his dip at, at Aston Villa, yeah. Scotland mm. was the one bit that he, he would go away with Scotland. It'd be a reset button for him. He loved being away with the group. Mm. He'd perform in the games. He's very rarely had a bad game. Um, for Scotland don't make jinx him before the tournament but yeah. it's something he, he takes great pride in he, he loves playing for the country and he's got I mean there's, there's no getting away from it once you start to make your way up a list you start to look at goals and appearances uh, for your country and um, he, he's just he's just desperate to keep adding for it and, and as um, Peter says penalties help and especially in the modern era you see what penalties are given for of course but, but I think see on yeah. that Paul but you know say Unai Emery spoke to him about how he done scored the goals and how he played for Scotland because he was hitting, hadn't that wee dip before obviously Stephen Gerrard yeah you so, know so his managers obviously looked at that and think how important it was for Scotland so yeah. that's the benefit that's what we say about playing games and the managers looked at that and great credit to Unai Emery mm -hmm. and it's gave John that confidence yeah, to go back it, to Villain perform the way he has done yeah his very first meeting with Unai Emery obviously 
all the noise round was the captaincy too much from at Villa what happened to his form he was playing so much deeper and now I am he's, he says right I've watched all your Villa stuff your Scotland stuff's amazing he said you're playing international football he, he had a list of I mean top players around Europe top forward players around Europe you've outscored all of these in the international calendar um, there's obviously something there can't be that big a difference in terms of your form for Scotland what gets the best out of you for Scotland what what, what helps in See, to be honest, um, it's been a real blessing when I am coming in, what he's done for John. Uh, a couple of years ago, John was playing at a real high level for, for club and country in the Premier League. Villa were obviously um, struggling to adapt back to the Premier League, but you're looking, he'd scored at the Emirates, he'd scored at Tottenham, um, he was putting in some big performances against your Man United and the like, and you think he's played at a real top level. Then you had a little bit of dip, and you think, I hope he can get back to that that level he's had. See, Unai Emery's taking him to that level beyond that. You watch him now, and you think, what that guy's done for his game. You used to watch John, and a big part of John's game would be maybe he wouldn't be in the game for a few minutes. He'd chase down, he'd chase past someone, and he'd go and block it. The the whole end would 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 erupt. He would get going again. The next time he'd come in, he'd invite a challenge, maybe play it wide and then hit the box but just the, the quality he's playing with now um, he's still obviously got that um, will, to, will to win and everything but the, the, the level he's he's helped him get to is, is amazing and, and, and very lucky he's been blessed with a manager that's one of the best in the world he sure he really is an elite manager and it was Stephen Gerrard who made him captain wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so fair credit to Stephen Stephen yeah. Gerrard was someone John had a good relationship with he had a great good relationship with um, Coleshaw and Gary McAllister he had nothing against him the one thing, as a brother watching it, he just felt, I felt he was playing a bit deeper. He was playing in that. I mean, you look at the guys like Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis, they would cover for the full-backs bombing on. In the Premier League at times, John was kind of up against guys like Wilfred Zaha or um, yeah. St. Mar- Mar- Maximum on the counter-attack. Yeah. And, and at times, it, it just didn't suit him. And um, he's found a place just off the right or just off the left, and it's real, really brought out the best in him. Brilliant. So we're talking about John McGinn, 18 goals, and he's closing down an Ali who's on 19. Hope he beats him. Yeah, yeah still. <laughs> Ali McCoy, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's Peter Grant interjecting. John Collins, I'm just looking at some of the names. Uh, 12 goals from 58. Then there's John Smith. Colin Steen, still same at Ibrox. 11 goals in 21 games. Scotland's first ever six-figure player, wasn't he? The 100,000 signing Yeah, but from you Hibs. think about them, Paul, yeah. it was slightly different as well. You'd go away in one tournament, you'd yeah. get knocked out of the tournament, you'd be very little games. So his record, yeah, no, 11 it, and 21. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we're saying about Mo Johnson was, what, yeah. 13 and 36, uh-huh. was it, that's you know? Right. And yeah. I'd, I'd be interested yeah. to see how many Mo started even in that, you know, because you're talking Good about point. 36 internationals. Yeah. Sure. But as you say, there were top sides then as well, but there wasn't as many games. It was slightly different then. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality you were playing against, you were always seeming to play a top quality side mm-hmm. at that particular time. And so it's different, and that's why I, I never say, could he play in this era and could he play in that era? I'm talk, we're talking about uh, uh, John there a minute mm-hmm. ago. I agree 100% because he's, I've always said he's better with the game in front and going and pressing things. That's his strength. Yeah. So you're not wanting me to sit back there and do nothing. His performances, did you think his performances really were that poor at Villa at that particular time? I don't think. Okay. I think it was just the position he was playing in was slightly different and it was asking him to do something that wasn't his game. And that everybody jumped on that. And I yeah. thought, well, it wasn't his performances. But you're talking about goal scoring. 
and we're talking about these guys. These were strikers, yeah. Collins, Deans, and all yeah. these guys. Of course, they were Alan Galzine. I mean, way before our time, but Tottenham was one of the great strikers. Yeah, nice wasn't to see your keeping yeah. here. Go. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Stephen Fletcher. Uh, ten goals in thirty-three, and Stephen Naismith ten and fifty-one. And then uh, there's Jackie Moody and Ian St John, the late great Ian St John, the Saint. Nine goals in twenty-one games. Ex Motherwell, and of course Liverpool. Yeah, I, I always yeah. thought Stephen Fletcher was very underrated. Yeah. For uh, yeah, he was. Uh, wasn't he? One yeah. three, yeah. one one and three for a striker mm. of a guy. It wasn't an a top goal scorer year on year out but he led the line brilliantly for Scotland and that one and three is a great record he was excellent when they came in that period Big Alec was yeah. there just unfortunately the problem with his knee at that particular time but he was excellent in that period he came in you notice that Stephen McGinn he's buzzing tonight and I thought yeah it's because his brother captain scored a penalty no it's because it's the transmitting news is out transmit festival yeah. for next summer looking forward to it. Calvin Harris uh, Jerry Cinnamon I'm just getting a bit of stick, Gallica. Uh, stick yeah. off my wife for talking about it because she okay. says when it actually gets round to it you always bottle going to it anyway oh you've got to go aren't you I'm going to go this yeah. year is yeah. it after the Euros is it July is it, is middle it, right. of July so is it after the final just not that we're getting carried <laughs> away <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, he'll give up his ticket if he does it anyway yeah. <laughs> you're a Jerry Cinnamon fan is that what it is yeah or? I yeah. mean I was my, my, the very first album I ever got was Oasis um, oh, yeah. I started to think they would get back together but now I'm actually part of the, um, they might not so Liam Gallagher's playing the Friday night so hope we don't have a pre-season game this Saturday <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt that always happens It means it, w- it will happen Means sure. it's Blondie he's talking about Oasis Means it's Blondie uh, yeah. <laughs> Slum Whitman It's <laughs> <laughs> it for you Transmit will we see you there? No, 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 no Tom no, Jones no. has got a oh, there, yeah, never uh, Tom hey. Jones Ringlebert Humperdinck all these guys you, you know could. what I mean so <laughs> that's more my cup of tea I see Andy Walker Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love his music as well hey we all love it Go Radio we will be there Crofty Grado will be there Alan Shaw Gina McKee they'll all be there Zoe well, we must get an yeah. invite then Jokal Day we'll all be there ah, yeah, looking forward to it uh, quick break and then we're back and then we're going to count down to the weekend the Go Radio football show with Global Eco Energy reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products let's go Looking forward to getting back to the SPFL this weekend. Celtic against Motherwell, Dundee Hibs, Hearts against St. Johnson, Ross County, Kilmarnock and St. Mirren against Livingston. And then Sunday, high noon, Aberdeen against Rangers. So I'll tell you, one of the big successes for Rangers in recent months has been the goalkeeper, Jack Butland, brought in during the time of the previous manager, Michael Beale. There's no Scottish blood there. I know he's played uh, for England at the under-21s. He's had a full cap as well. He's certainly been around. Could he break in to the full England squad again, given that they're, it's not a vintage period for them goalkeeping-wise? Well, it's definitely something I would look at if I was Gareth, because yeah. he doesn't seem to be sure, because yeah. obviously Ramsdale's out of the team at this yeah. moment in time. I'm not sure he's 100% sure of Pope, even though yeah. he's done exceptionally mm-hmm. well. But I'm not sure... I, I, I don't know who his goalkeepers would be but Pickford for me his number one yeah think, but, but for yeah. me definitely 100% right. I would take him as a number two or a number three there's, a, there's no doubt about his talent he's got a calmness about him I've known him a long time as I say as a yeah. kid and that as well and I thought he was, he was going to go and have one of these careers and we always thought it, the only thing as I said prior to him coming to Rangers did he have enough game time but I think he's proven he's still got that quality and I know people say oh, he's playing at Rangers but you're talking about players that's got the big yeah. game mentality, yeah. playing under the pressure, the spotlight, and not many of them. As I say, the most important thing, he's playing. Yep. You know, he's playing. And there is that, and he's been in that English system, so they know him very, very well. And it wouldn't surprise me if he keeps performing the way he has, 
But if he sneaked in that door, because I don't think they're set on the three that they would type. Right. Obviously, Pickford would go. I'm sure Gareth's been loyal to a lot of players, yeah. but I think there's still a room there for, like I said, Jack Bolton, because I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think it was just a fact he wasn't playing games. Now he's playing games with a pressure team, yeah. as I say to you. Because that was the one team. question, wasn't it? He hadn't played enough games. Stephen, what do you think? Jack Butlin for England? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, Gareth Southgate's never been shy in promoting players that have come through the system. He knows a lot about them. It's one of his key strengths in terms of knowing all the players inside out. So I don't think he'd be reluctant to throw them in. It's just, I'm probably always a bit sceptical of the respect that they actually give um, players, I mean, Jack Butland, had he been playing like this for Crystal Palace or mm. Fulham, mm. would he already have been in the squad? Um, so I probably built up scepticism of yeah. how how highly mm. they actually rate what we do up here. Because Ramsdale, it has been horrible, hasn't it? I know his dad was complaining about it, but you must think, what, two months ago, two and a half months ago, he's playing for England against Scotland and yeah, did well. I think the biggest problem you've got there is... is Michael Arteta has come oh, yeah, out and sure. said that he was going to be swapping the goalkeepers round about but he's not played him in any of them no. and I think that's difficult especially when you've been playing and that really listen Rhea when I seen him yeah. at Brentford was excellent mm -hmm. there's games he's been a bit dodgy for, like, and I understand that the way Michael Arteta wants to play mm -hmm. but the one thing I can say about Ramsdale I thought his distribution with his feet was so much better than it was previous and he's got so much better at it I don't think he could have done anything more to be perfectly honest with you I think it was a shock to everyone. And I understand what you have. Goalkeeper, I'm surmising, is slightly different. You can have a top-class goalkeeper, but trying to keep that other guy, because you even look at Manchester City, when you say they've got two brilliant goalkeepers, you say they've got good goalkeepers, but they've got one outstanding one. Sure. You know, now you're saying that... Liverpool's the same, isn't Yeah, it? there's Alison. a bit of paper yeah. between these two goalkeepers. Yeah. Sure. And I would say one's got a strength, one's... And both of them are very, very similar, as in quality. And I think that's where your problem arises because how are you going to drop one for the other? Stephen? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think he harshly treated maybe, but I think Arsenal lost the league um, last year in small margins and they had some horror results before the end of last season and, yeah. and one of them was obviously the, the home game against St. Jo uh, Southampton when, when yeah. Ramsdale yeah. gives the ball away and I just couldn't really get my head around how the dad ends up doing an interview talking about it. Um, I'm sure if you interviewed any dad... <laughs> their players, yeah. their, their son's been left out. They would find it harsh, or um, I'd have hated my dad to have ever mm. been interviewed in that terms. But it's, I think it, I don't think it comes across great. Um, and and I actually think it. Will, I, I always thought maybe he could get back in. I think it's starting to look as yeah. if nah, you're going to have to move on from. I him. think it's over there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Probably. Yeah. 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 Well, when they done that, yeah. uh, Netflix thing, didn't they? Yeah. His father was speaking in that. Mm -hmm. Oh, did yeah, he? Yeah. You know, his father done an interview in that. Yeah, I think that's a a line that can't be crossed you can't have families involved in that sort of thing it's different if sure. you go to a player's house and he's in with his wife and his kids or whatever that's yeah. fine mm. but once you're starting to get the parents to talk about their son about their football oh, yeah. come on it's yeah. leaving you somewhere what, what a nowhere dad, to go a mum and we're telling them to be quiet at the side of the pitch sure. of course <laughs> the younger yeah. levels <laughs> it's hard enough what about Scotland though you know where I'm going the goalkeeping position we Angus Gunn everyone agrees he's the number one now yeah but He's not being challenged the way that we would like to be. It's not Liam Kelly didn't play at all. It's not a vintage season either for him at Motherwell. He's a really good goalkeeper. Xander Clark as well. Not vintage season. A really good goalkeeper. And is there anyone else that could come in? We know Craig, Craig Gordon. Gordon. Is there anyone Craig else? Craig Gordon. Yeah, sure. Craig Gordon's okay. the one, right? Because he's the yeah. one. If he gets back fit, he's back training. Listen, his qualities and his experience. 
you know and listen look what Angus has done that's what you're saying the likes of Jack mm -hmm. Butler could maybe do for England you know getting back in and getting in the round about it very quickly but Craig Gordon for me just in everything round about it he's quality uh, and he's one guy that I wouldn't be scared of taking because of his, the experiences he's gained if his fitness levels are and he's fit enough and his injuries fully cleared hopefully that's the case for him even if he hadn't played many games mm -hmm. I still think he'd be an asset in any respect anyway he'd be in the squad I know that's unfair in other guys yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's a top top quality goalkeeper and we, we never know if we're going to get there again <laughs> you know we never sure. know so you can't say oh, the next right. one comes and especially at the age of Craig's mm -hmm. and I know they can go on for a long time now but I'd definitely be looking at him What do you think Stephen? And obviously there's uh, McCrory yeah, I mean, as well I mean, I mean Craig Gordon I think a big part of Craig Gordon deciding to play on and, and the strength of his rehab I think a lot of it will be looking towards that Scotland squad and, and the setup with the goalkeepers and let's, be, let's not be kidding we've been, we've been lucky over the last 20 years it's not as strong a goalkeeping department as it, as it used to be had there been a peak Alan McGregor peak David Marshall Craig Gordon at his age doing his, his knee am I going to get back in the Scotland squad uh, team maybe not We'll, we'll, we'll go through all this because that, that rehab from the ACL is hard we'll go through all that just to, to finish one more year at Hearts I think a bit of him's thinking it'd be great to if I can get back fit get back into that Hearts team there's a spot for me at that, that Euros and ironically sorry Xander Clark if he gets in that means Xander Clark will not be playing yeah I mean yeah. but he, he Craig Gordon will believe that if he can get yep. to a, a level he, then he, he'll be able to displace Xander Clark I'm, I'm looking at the situation Steve Clark will be looking at the situation thinking who else is out there. I know an, an ex-teammate of John's. He was trying to persuade him to come and play at one point. Mm -hmm. Jed Steer, maybe a huge favourite of the Aston Villa fans. I don't know. Just off the top of my head, I don't know where he's playing at the minute. But I remember he's got a Scottish connection. Um, there, there might be another couple of goalkeepers like that because we're talking about getting through this, this Scotland team that gets through the, the group stages. We can't afford to go there with any sort of shortage of quality. So on loan at Luton, he's been at loan at Charlton. He's uh, he's only thirty one. Jed so, was at Norwich as a kid. Yeah, and he's played, from Norwich, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Well done, Peter. I should have asked you. I know, first I know, I know, I know, I know him yeah. well. And Jed Steer. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know him well. He was a good kid as well. A good goalkeeper when he was young. Mm -hmm. Got a big move. Nineteen games for Villa. Up to yeah, got a big move to Villa from Norwich. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite ironic. There's he was there. I think when Angus was young, was a young kid. When right. Angus was a kid, kid Angus Gunn. Yeah, Angus Gunn. Yeah. You know, at Norwich. Right. And I think Jed was there as a kid. He came through because he's a Norwich boy. Mm. And I think he was married to the girl at the, yeah. his father. Her okay. father something to do with the television yeah. down there. Okay. So I think he's still a Villa player. He's still, for the last 10 years, signed by Villa. Played 19 games for Villa. Went to Doncaster and Lone, Yeovil, Huddersfield, Charlton and Luton. But you just wonder, I didn't know that, but is there someone else that could well, be listen, there? I, I, think the, I think the two but, goalkeepers... It'd be very unfair and the two that's been there because, it, listen, I've not really done much on you. are playing against France, you know, and there's a couple yeah, of, sure. okay, every time as a goalkeeper, unfortunately, it's like, as a midfield player, you give the ball away, it doesn't really matter. If somebody maybe cover for you, but a goalkeeper, if you don't catch one, you're, everybody feels you and everybody becomes a specialist goalkeeper, you know, yep. and that, that's the problem you have. And I don't think any of the two guys would let us down uh, yep. in the respect of that. Angus will be the number one. I don't think the two boys would let us down. But you think to yourself, if you had somebody like Craig Gordon, I just think all the experiences he has, 
I think that would nudge one of the boys out, unfortunately. He is eligible to play for Scotland, as you mentioned, Stephen. So it's going to be tough for whoever doesn't make it. And Robbie McCrory, everyone says what a really good goalkeeper is. No but he needs games. to play. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he'll go? What about January, Peter? I thought he'd have when he'd done... Remember, he played a magnificent season for Livingston, Living, was it? Yeah. He'd done he exceptionally well. Ago. I mm -hmm. think then... And I know it's all right going back to be a number two... Mm -hmm. And maybe, I'm not sure at the time as you maybe told he was going to get a chance to be the number one, but that didn't happen. And I sure. think that's always difficult. When you've been a number one and done exceptionally well, and then you're going back to be a number two, you miss a lot of game time. Stephen, any big teams maybe in the championship here, whatever, looking for a keeper just now, get him on loan maybe? I think, I mean, Robbie McCrory's never going to play for Rangers while Jack Butlin's yeah. there. Um, he's got to be looking at the situation and thinking... Um, I mean, Craig Gordon hopefully comes back, and so it's a real hard injury to come back for. I have no idea the level he'll be at once he, once he gets back playing. Robbie McCrory's got to get out and play, and you just never know he could could end up. Excuse my ignorance here. Yep. Was Craig Gordon's a broken leg at his ACL? Double. Sorry. Was it was it a broken leg? Sorry. I think it was a broken okay. leg. I think it yep. was a broken leg he had. So you're hoping that the bones, because the bones are, I think at times able to tell you if they're stronger or whatever. The ACL, you're right, is a horrible injury. I'm, I'm sure was, I think it was a double, double leg, leg break, break. Yep. Remember, so, okay. I can't yeah. remember who ran into him okay. was it Lauren Shankland? double leg break just at the end of last year know, wasn't it, it? Yeah. Yeah. Was. Uh, Celtic on the trail of the South African wonder kid Luke Bartman so Jim's been on asking 17 year old Cape Town Spurs striker only made his Premier Division debut against Orlando Pirates in October so he's just burst onto the scene I don't think Stephen will you have seen him could you see this happening although Brendan Rodgers said he doesn't want any more project players at the moment. He wants uh, people who can play in the first team. No, I don't think that game is on the on the table. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I I think I mean you, you never know. Who, I think it'll be someone, uh, maybe a lone player from down south, maybe lacking a bit of game time because Kyogo's going to play. Um, it's going to be a Nat Phillips type signing, I think, just to cover the Asian Cup. Yeah, we said that. I mean, we talked about Lauren Shankland and all that. Yeah. We're saying all oh, guys that could play for Celtic, but it costs you a lot of money. Yeah. Still for him, even for a short period of time. So we know that, but you're talking about these young boys here. That would be more of a club sign, yeah, if you understand sure. what I'm saying. That's Because you've got to do that. You've still got the underbellies under there with quality young players. It was Stephen Fletcher, the double leg break. Yeah, um, Stephen Fletcher saw the accident. No, it's OK. Yeah. It's good. Last few minutes then for... Yeah, we'll have time later and we'll talk about who might come in during uh, January. Celtic AGM tomorrow. Luke was on earlier on as well. Wanted to know what are the key questions that will come up from the Celtic fans who are shareholders at the meeting tomorrow Europe still again Paul yeah. you know you're going to spend and I keep saying and I've got friends who go and talk and I'm thinking listen it's impossible you don't understand the finances it's required to bring the quality that it would take us to the next level in Europe you know it's, it's I don't mean it's impossible because you can always win one games and two games in uh, leagues and I know we've not done that recently but if you look at the circumstances over the last few years even this season we all done offs and players and it, it screws it a little bit. We know we're below the standard of the other boys, but it's very, it, it's impossible to get to the standard of them. What you've got to hope is that you're going to get a run out winning your home games yep. and get a surprise result to get you into the next level. It always comes down to who's going to win the title. Rangers feel rejuvenated under the new manager and Celtic have got money to spend. They'll be looking to spend that money wisely. Some people might ask what's going to happen in January. Yeah, I mean, the striker's the obvious one. Um, I, I just think, I mean, there's no secret how Celtic go about their business. 
the timing for me probably I think it takes Celtic sometimes too long into a season to get their everyone yeah. established C- could they do their business early I mean the Ange the two season the, the one season of Ange really because he's the, his first season they weren't yeah. set the second season for Ange Postacoglu was probably the one one yeah. of the odd occasions in the last mm-hmm. 10 years where Celtic have been really ready for a season so it's not so much the business ideas how they go about the business because there's no doubt they do good business but it's just the timing of, of when it happens and the Green Brigade will come up as well I would imagine somebody may ask you always want a United club don't you from top to bottom and you know we know the story we're running out of time but they bring a lot as well to the party and there's things that are not so good of course but listen that's always been the case you always want a United at anything it doesn't matter if it's the team and, and the, the supporters the supporters in the club we always want everybody united and I think that's the most important thing and hopefully it gets sorted out one way or the other, you know. We always want a united football club, that's for sure. That's us out of time. Thank you, Stephen. Cheers, Paul. Good luck with the coaching and getting back to fitness soon and to you, Peter, we'll see you and hear you soon back next week. Pleasure, thanks very thanks much. Thanks so much. John Thank Hartson's you. here tomorrow night along with Mark Guidi. The news is next. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go! Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.